Uniroil, oil, and more. With our price match guarantee, you never have to wait for a tire sale. Provide us with a better price at the time of purchase and we'll match it. Find a better price within 30 days of the purchase and we'll refund the difference. You can't beat our tire price match guarantee from Hammer Chevrolet. Online at hammerchevy.com. Hi, this is Jill Bates with the best team. And this is Colton Bates. Deciding the best time to get something done can be hard, whether it's moving, starting a family, or even having dinner. For us, Colton, best time is any time our clients need us. Buying or selling your home requires around-the-clock attention to new issues that surface. Best time also takes into account that your needs may vary, so we create a plan that fits your schedule and puts your mind at ease. Know that the best time for you is our time, and the best team is here to get your deal done. Call 675-BEST, that's 675-BEST, and visit bestwy.net today. You know, the pioneers crossed the vast wilderness in covered wagons, yet today a lot of their offspring actually have to set alarms to remind them when to drink water. If you're needing water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in locating water, drilling and pumps, even solar-powered water wells. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for 307 Wildcat Well Service in the Country Bounty, and you too will have cool, clean water. Water, water. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. There's a deal for every friendship at McDonald's. Right now, buy a Big Mac, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or a quarter pounder with cheese, and get the second one for just a buck. And pair them with one of our frozen drinks, like the new Fanta Blue Raspberry. Price participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. If you've never heard of a Horsewell Equine Massage Tool, a solid hitch trailer towing solution, or an OCR semi-automatic flywheel, Pitch Night will fill you in. Hello, this is Scott Rendell, Director of Impact Sheridan, and it's time once again for our finals of our annual Sheridan Startup Challenge competition. All told, we have six finalists ready to share their outstanding business ideas with our community. Pitch Night is November 1st, 5.30 p.m. at the Wyo Theater. The Audience Choice Award is back. Come vote for your favorite plan. Live stream viewing will also be available at SheridanMedia.com. Cats, dogs, maybe even your chicken. Once again, it's time for the Petaween Photo Contest on SheridanMedia.com. Spooky, <laughs> cute, or maybe just plain wacky, take a photo and post the photo for a chance to win one of three amazing prizes. There will be three winners. Enter your pet into the Petaween Photo Contest now through October 31st at SheridanMedia.com. Once voting opens, don't forget to share your cute or spooky critter on your social profiles as the winner is chosen by most votes. Thanks to our sponsors, Shipton's Big R, McGraw's Paws, Mandy Koltiska with Century 21, BHJ Realty, and Camco Federal Credit Union. So, who's going to win this Petoween? Will it be your pet? This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Eliason Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, 10 to 12,000 years ago on the Fertile Crescent, Humans domesticated cats. That means felines have been with us since the birth of civilization as we know it. Cats also have an extra organ, 
that allows them to taste scents in the air, which is why your cat will stare at you with their mouth open from time to time. It's something that my wife absolutely despises is when the cat looks at her like that. Joining me this morning to talk about cats is Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter Executive Director A.J. Evans and Assistant Cat Lead Chelsea Adams. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Floyd. Now, uh, who have you brought with us today? Who do we have here? Uh, we're going to have to m- kind of move him over a little bit, hold him up so folks can see him on the camera. There you go. All right. Who is this? This, this is Shibu, a nine-year-old domestic short hair. Nine-year-old domestic short hair. He looks almost, uh, he's a pretty good-sized cat, too. He's, he's not small, is he? He's a big boy. He yeah, is a big boy. I don't know boy. his exact weight, but he's a big boy. Now, how did he come to the shelter? Shibu came to us as a stray, as a bite quarantine. He bit somebody and had no records due to being a stray, so he stayed with us and is now ours after his quarantine. How long has he been down there? Oh, I think Since May. Mm-hmm. Since yeah. May. Shibu, you, you can't bite people, buddy. Now, <laughs> Chelsea, how long have you worked with cats? Uh, with cats? Well, I've had them my entire life, but in the dog and cat shelter for the last year. For the last year. Now... What inspired you to go to work over there at the dog and cat shelter? I completely enjoy animals, and I love the idea of helping them find homes when they don't have them, especially because there's so many homeless animals. Yeah, there's there's an incredible amount. I actually been talking about that for a little while. Uh, I didn't realize the amount of not just dogs but cats mm-hmm. that go through that shelter in any given year. It just surprises me for the size that Sheridan is, mm-hmm. the amount of animals that go through your shelter. Uh, it's it's absolutely staggering, in my opinion. Now, Chelsea, what are the responsibilities of a cat lead? You can go ahead and put Shibu down. <laughs> He's like, I just wanted folks to see him on the camera. Go ahead and pull that mic right in close to you. What's the responsibilities of an assistant cat lead? Uh, the responsibilities of assistant cat lead is I am the assistant to the cat lead who is doing all the medical, getting cats put in for medical, getting them vaccinated, keeping track of who we have, who's available. We also test these guys with dogs, and we don't have kids to test them with because not very many of us have young kids that we can just give to the cats to see how they react. But my part of the job is I help keep track of the vaccines and get them done for the cat lead if she doesn't have time. I help move the cats around the building, and I help answer questions from, like, the kennel staff that might not know that one cat has this wrong with it, or if there's something wrong, I can immediately report it to the cat lead. Now, when a cat comes in, what are the steps that we have to take? Uh, uh, What are the tests that we run? So generally when they first come in, it's a three to five day waiting period before we actually own them and we start doing stuff with them. Three days is for a surrender. The five days are for cats that are strays, so we can make sure they don't have owners or for surrenders, if they want to come back in those three days, they can take their animal back. Five days so we can check around, check their, if they have a chip and make sure they're all good. Then they go through medical, and then we start getting assessed on their personality because by then it's like two weeks. Yeah. So we see how they react, and then we bring in dogs, and we test them with how they react to the dogs and how they react to us and other cats because that's also an issue sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've got a cat at home. She doesn't like other cats. Uh, <laughs> when my wife moved in, she had a cat that had been with her for 12 years, and... Uh, after a couple of years, they'll lay together, but that's about it. They don't really get along. Uh, she was a rescue, and boy, I'm here to tell you, she was, uh, we just call her kitty. She's a trash <laughs> kitty. <laughs> She'll sleep in any garbage. Uh, we've got to make sure that, like, if you get a package in, 
we got to pick up all the paper. And she claims every box that comes through the house. Uh, a very cat-like behavior. Um, what should people keep in mind if they go down there and they think, you know, I want to adopt a cat today? What What should I be thinking about? Their adjustment period. Cats take a can take a really long time to adjust. Some of them are really nervous about moving to new areas. Not all of them are like Shibu, who is completely calm and relaxed right now. Some of them get so stressed out they make themselves sick. And then they'll hide from you. And we've had a lot of cats get returned because they don't immediately love you. And they do. They just don't know what to do in a home. Because some of them have never been in a home. Yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of uh, ferals? Sometimes. Right now we have a lot of them. It kind of influxes. Yeah. From what I've seen so far. What do we do with feral cats? We fix them. And then if we can't socialize them, you know, we're hoping that a rancher comes around that needs a mouser. And so, and usually um, we let them go at no charge. Now, I was going to say there, there's a program over there for uh, what was it called, the barn cat program or something, where we can go and if we've got mouse issues in the barn or maybe a shed, maybe out there with the feed, we can go pick up semi-feral cats and take them home, and then just pretty much kind of turn them loose uh, in that area so that they can do their job as a cat. Um, how often are you seeing that from ranchers in the area? Not as often. Yeah. Some of our ferals will stay for almost a year before people come and get them, in a sense. And right now we have like six of them. Three of them are being socialized, but the other ones can't. They're not friendly enough. They're just too far gone. Yeah. It's more like they, they like their way of life and they don't want to change it. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to like cats... How how the heck do you socialize a feral cat? Because, you know, these are, in my opinion, the perfect killing machine. Oh, yes. Uh, evolution mm-hmm. has made the perfect hunter, and believe it or not, the perfect hunter is a house cat. I believe the science has found the most efficient hunter on the face of the planet is actually a very small house cat-looking mm-hmm. wild cat in Africa. They consume uh, more prey per night than the largest of cats could ever even imagine. That's uh, a black-footed cat, isn't it? I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I just saw an article about that, actually. They are, they are uh, the most efficient little killers <laughs> that evolution's got to, to present us. So how the heck do you socialize something that with that amount of teeth, that amount of claws, and doesn't want to be socialized. With extreme caution. Yeah. So we have feral gloves that go up to about here and some lower. And we put those on. For most of the cats, when they first come in, they get the first day to just sit because none of them have the right personality when they come in. They're either terrified, don't care, or they may murder you. And sometimes it goes throughout all three throughout the day. But you approach them, we have a stick that I put a glove on that I pet them with first to see how they react. If they bite it, I'm not going to mess with them for a little bit. And then we just kind of work from there. We work with them getting used to our presence. They have a feral box, which is a, it's like a cat kennel, but all sides are closed. And you can close it so you can clean around them so they still have a clean area. And you just kind of work with them, petting them, letting them see you feed them so they can figure out, oh, you're not as bad. And some of them don't come around to that. Some of them just go, no, I don't want you. Yeah. I want to be free. Strong-willed animals, aren't yes. they? <laughs> yes, they are. I've been trying to train my cat since 2016 to stay off of the counter, to <laughs> get off of the kitchen table. It's not going to work. Uh, 
I have finally just admitted that that cat is a practice in patience for me. That's <laughs> what she is. Uh, she, <laughs> I always tell everybody, she is my constant reminder of evil in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do keep her around. Now, so when I go into to adopt a cat, I got to keep that in mind. Uh, when I take it home, it's going to take some time to adjust. What else should I be thinking about? They, let's see, a lot of the time you might, one that you think is really pretty might be, not be the one you actually want. There's all sorts. One problem we run into is people always want the really pretty cats, which nothing against that. Kate's pretty cats. They need homes too. But we have cats like Shibu, who are seniors, and they don't get looked that much. Yeah. That's why he's been here so long. One thing to take into consideration is they want homes, too. And sometimes they'll be the best animal you've got. And nine is not as old as they can get. Yeah. I'd want to live to 19. Some people have 18-year-olds. I think the oldest living cat is 30 right now in the world. So. Wow. Wow, 30 they years old. forever. <laughs> we, uh, 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 Emmy's cat, um, he's been around, well, he was 11 when we met so i imagine he's probably about 14 15 years old now and yep. he's still kicking right along uh pretty much uh doing doing the same thing he's always done laying Jumping on the on bed counters. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not the counter jumper uh okay. he's he's actually a pretty good cat except uh cats have a different sense of independence from dogs don't they yes uh which believe it or not is actually one reason why I always kind of owned a cat as opposed to a dog. I didn't have to pay that much attention to it. Um, a cat, much more independent. Uh, I could leave for a couple of days and not worry about it. So keep in mind, it's going to take some time for the cat to get used to its new environment. Uh, what about declawing? Because that is something that some people have done, and, and a lot of people believe it's just a form of cruelty. Where do you stand on that? In my mind, it is a form of cruelty. Uh, declawing, they basically amputate, if I remember correctly, on the toes. Because the claw is a part of their toes. So they just take that whole part off, if I remember correctly. I'm not a vet, so don't quote that part. But yeah. we And down the road, it causes medical issues out the butt. Yeah. Like, they'll stop using their litter box. They can't get full stretches. They lose a lot of confidence. A lot of our declawed cats are biters. And I and mean biters because they don't have the front defense mechanism anymore. They have none of that. Yeah. So they're down to, if they get scared, they just go to bite, which causes issues because cat bites are bad when they happen, but they they just lose everything in a sense, and it's not fun to watch sometimes when they fall off of a counter that they shouldn't have fallen off because they don't have their balance as good anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've actually uh, heard stories about the claw trying to grow back. And it'll grow through the paw pad, uh, which causes so much pain for yes. the cat. So I agree with you on that one. Shouldn't be declined cats. All right, folks, uh, more with the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter. When we come back, stick around. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Sheridan. and financial money management isn't just about dollars and cents it's about dreams and opportunities and more importantly family we'll take time to get to know you 
Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Plan to attend the Caliph Shrine Christmas Bazaar this weekend at the Shrine Temple in Sheridan. Sale hours are 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Enjoy shopping and lunch with Indian tacos and pie for just $15. They'll have hourly door prize drawings, and you'll want to purchase raffle tickets for a custom-built fly rod and reel, a custom-tooled leather satchel, a Ligurski meat certificate, or a Visa gift card. The Caleb Shrine Christmas Bazaar, this Saturday, 8 to 2, at the Sheridan Caleb Shrine Temple. Cats. Dogs. Maybe even your chicken. <laughs> Once again, it's time for the Petaween photo contest on SheridanMedia.com. Spooky, <laughs> cute, or maybe just plain wacky. Take a photo and post the photo for a chance to win one of three amazing prizes. There will be three winners. Enter your pet into the Petaween photo contest now through October 31st at SheridanMedia.com. Once voting opens, don't forget to share your cute or spooky critter on your social profiles as the winner is chosen by most votes. Thanks to our sponsors, Shipton's Big R, McGraw's Paws, Mandy Koltiska with Century 21, BHJ Realty, and Camco Federal Credit Union. So, who's going to win this Petoween? Will it be your pet? As we enter the fall months, have you made that plan to market your business? Are you stuck, confused on what to do? Hi, this is Bob Grammons, General Manager at Sheridan Media. Let us help you put a plan in place as we gear up for the holiday season. Sheridan Media can market your business on up to nine different radio stations. We can place your print ad in front of nearly 18,000 households in Sheridan and Johnson County with the Country Bounty. Or market your business worldwide through a variety of digital products that we offer. We can also place your ad on our two websites. Let our creative and experienced marketing team put a well-thought-out and professional, comprehensive marketing plan together to connect with your customers on multiple media platforms. No high pressure. Let's tell your story, whether locally or across the country. Call Sheridan Media today at 672-7421 or email sales at SheridanMedia.com and let us go to work for you. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. Now, there are quite a few cats in Sheridan. Kittens can be spayed or neutered when they are only eight weeks old. If possible, these procedures should be performed in the first five months of your cat's life. AJ, can folks spay or neuter animals through the Sheridan dog and cat shelter? Uh, how does that work out there? They can't bring them up and we'll do it for them unless they're um, an animal we own. You know, we do those in-house before they get adopted out. Yeah, so you guys aren't a vet service, I mean. Correct, but we sell low-cost spay and neuter certificates to low-income households, so 35000 or less. So if if you earn early th- un earn under 35,000. Mm-hmm. I can come up there and I can say 
here's how much I earn. I need to get this animal spayed or neutered. Can you help me out? And you'll be happy to help me out. How much will that end up costing me? It depends. It depends whether it's a cat or a dog. I know we're talking about cats today, but it's anywhere from um, 30 to $60, depending on whether it's a female or a male dog or a cat. And then you take that certificate. I believe we still have a handful of vets that cooperate with us. You take that to the vet and get your animal fixed, and then the vet will send us the bill. <laughs> now, are there other things? Uh, there, there are some other things happening out there at the shelter. Tell me about the shelter garage sale. What was that? Well, when I started working at the shelter, we have a couple of sheds, and we have a boardroom. Well, you couldn't set foot in it. It was just plumb full. We've been receiving donations. We have items that we need to store for the wintertime. They are seasonal. So everything's just been accepted and placed wherever there was room. Yeah. Yeah. So probably the first couple of months, um, we spent the time actually going through those items, um, trying to figure out, is this something the shelter uses? You know, is it an abundance of something? If we couldn't use it, we'd put it in a shed and we started organizing so we got into the point where we had so many of the same items or things that the shelter has no use for that I asked the board, I said, we need to have a fundraiser, a donation-based garage sale. So the board showed up last Saturday. The weather was kind of crappy, but we did good. So, you know, we raised money that we otherwise wouldn't have, and we got rid of those items that, you know, people need it and we had no use for. So we actually can set foot in that room now we have a meeting room and um that shed we actually have room to put seasonal items well that's fantastic and those donations that folks made yep of these pet items that although the shelter couldn't use them on site you could still use the profit made correct from the sale as yep. a donation itself that's pretty amazing mm-hmm. uh roundabouts how much did you end up making on that just garage a little show? over six hundred dollars that's not bad that's In pretty a three good hour for, period. yeah for yep. three hours of work 600 yep. bucks that's pretty good plus you opened up all that space. Oh, yes. So if folks out there wanted to make donations, which obviously they do, they uh, people bring stuff up there all the time, what kind of items uh, can the shelter always use? Well, I'm going to let Chelsea talk to that too, but I've been trying to teach my staff to say no, okay? Because I don't <laughs> want to be in that same situation just a yeah. little down the road because... You know, somebody would like to give you something and you feel bad saying no. You know, a lot of times, depending on what it is, if we know, let's say we can't use it, we have no use for it, but the second chance down the road, because they're another outfit, you know, they're relying on in-kind donations. Yeah. So we say, hey, give them a try. You know, an abundance of towels, blankets, dog beds. You know, we just kind of have to weigh what do we have on hand? What else can we fit? So it's probably based on where we're currently at. You know, our washers and dryers went out and a lot of stuff had to be thrown away. And the rest we hauled off, you know, to the laundromat. Yeah. So, you know, we went through an abundance of certain things. So now we're kind of restocking. So I've been asking my staff before you accept the donation, kind of kind of ask, what do you have for us? You know, and determine, can we put that to use? Do we have the space? Yeah. So, but I'm going to let uh, Chelsea talk, you know, when, when we're talking about what can we use, because she spends a lot of time in that room too, that we're talking about where we keep things in house, you know, rather than putting it in the shed. When it ends up in the shed, it's really seasonal 
and not a lot of people go in there. You never see it again kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the yes. black hole of stuff, right? So, Chelsea, in the cat room, what are the types of items that uh, if, if I wanted to make a donation to the shelter, I could bring you? Towels. We use a lot of towels. Generally, we can wash most of them because the cats aren't too gross. We have a few that make me wonder how they live in it. But towels, rags, we've had cat trees donated before. Sometimes those are really useful for us, like the smaller ones, not so much the bigger ones, because the cats love them, and we can't exactly go out and pay 60 to Yeah, cat trees are expensive, them. aren't they? They're, they're, expensive. they're incredible. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we've had cat toys donated. Those are generally well-loved and well-used by all the cats, considering one room has 50-plus cats in it. So wow. They, uh, they all enjoy the community toys. Let's see what else gets donated. We've had litter boxes donated, too, but most of the time we don't use them as often. How many litter boxes are in, uh, in, in the cat department that need cleaned every day? So we have roughly got to be at least 100-plus litter boxes. A hundred plus litter boxes. That's a, that's a guess because we have two rooms that have more than one litter box in them. So it's kind of like hmm, figuring how many cats are in each room to count that number. And wow, because that's... we put them in the kennels, you know, they, they have to be the simple style, certain sized ones. And a lot of times they make a donations. They give us the boxes, the nice ones you would put in the corner of your kitchen or, you know, we, we can't fit those into the kennels. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the community boxes, of course, they're larger. But um, the ones we put inside the individual kennels, you know, they're smaller and they're very simple. And nothing fancy, right? Nothing uh, fancy. Uh, please, I mean, I know your heart's in the right place out there, yes. but uh, like automatic litter box cleaners can't be can't We've be had used. all that come in too, you know, yeah. and then we're like, okay, we always try to put things to use, you know, first. And then, of course, as we have donation or, or people adopting um, cats or even dogs, yeah. you know, and if we have an abundance of something, we ask them, do you need this? Do you need that? Because usually their first stop is at a, a pet, pet store. supply yeah. store, yeah. you know what I mean? And they go shopping. So we try to send these adopting uh, those cats or dogs with whatever they need. So they don't, you know, if food we and water dish, litter yep. box, and Leashes. maybe a couple toys, right? Yep. Leashes, collars, yep. and we can always use wet food, canned yes. wet food. So a lot of that. Completely spaced the wet food. Yeah, parade pumpkin. We're like having to use it for cats and dogs every single day. You switch their foods, and you know they're they're anxious, they're nervous. So we we add that in. So and pumpkin actually helps their stomachs and pumpkin. puts them yeah puts them at ease right. Yes. Fiber in it. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, tell me about the uh, trick-or-treat event that's coming up up at the shelter. Well, it's actually starting today until next Monday. So it's reverse trick-or-treat. So instead of you coming in asking for candy, it's the other way around. We're actually asking for dog and cat treats. And just make sure that if they're home-baked, homemade, you know, that they're actually suitable for the animal. And um, other than that, just dog bones, I mean... Dog chews, any treat you can think of, any goodies for those critters. So we're kind of turning that around on you. Bring us what you think, you know, the animals will like. And bring up a, as many treats as you can grab. Get them up there as long as they're suitable. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys use a lot of like the bagged treats or do you prefer things like homemade stuff? It doesn't matter as long as it's edible, you know, or safe for the animal. Okay. Now, um... Tell me about Gail Irwin and her book signing. What yeah, was she, that? Yeah, she uh, 
came down or up, down from Casper. She had reached out to the shelter. Um, she writes sweet romance novels and um, it's around animals and dogs. And it, October was the adopted dog shelter months. So during those months, whatever area she's in, she'd like to give back to the shelter. So she reached out and she wanted to highlight a couple of our dogs and our shelter wish list. And um, we provided all that and we went down to the book signing and then a small proceed of her sales came back to the shelter. So it was a wonderful outreach on her behalf and, you know, getting her name out there. But again, her giving back to us. So it was this beautiful partnership. What a cool little event. Yeah. Now, uh, real quick, do me a favor. Tell me how long uh, the trick or treating is going to happen. The reverse trick or treating for starting today until next Monday. Until next Monday. You yep. can bring treats Halloween. up to the shelter, uh, preferably, um, d- well, and like you said, anything edible yeah. would work. All right. Well, uh, AJ, Chelsea, thank you both for coming in today. And uh, now he's available. What's his name? Shibu? Shibu. Shibu. Shibu's available f- to be adopted. He is a little bit older, but he is a really calm cat. If you're looking for a calm lap layer <laughs> he he looks like to be the one it's his favorite hobby sitting around favorite and if hobby. not we have another 82 available cats so 82. i'm sure there is one in there you're gonna find one with the right personality <laughs> just, for all you. Ages too. just remember that when you get them home it's gonna take a little while for them to adjust to the new area aj chelsea thank you so much for coming thank in this you. morning All right, when we come back, we're going to speak with Uprising regarding a concerning trend here in Wyoming. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM, Sheridan. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Tax planning is not just tax preparation. With the changes due to tax reform over the last few years, you need a tax planner to ensure you are getting the most value for your business. We offer advisory services customized to your needs to help maintain financial viability while achieving future goals. Come see us today. Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. Lots of fresh faces on the lot at Hammer Chevrolet, Troy Baker. Bob, we have a 2021 GMC Canyon all-terrain for $45,000. A 2020 Blazer Premier for $43,295. A GMC Terrain Denali all-wheel drive for $35,495. Or a Chevy Silverado half-ton with a 3.0 Duramax engine for $49,995. All of our pre-owned vehicles are priced below NADA book value. Hammer Chevrolet, 107 nostalgia online, hammerchevy.com. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. 
Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. Nestled in between Halloween shenanigans and boating escapades, six finalists will be competing for a share of $100,000 in startup funding. Jessica Madden here from Impact 307, inviting you to the Sheridan Startup Challenge Pitch Night, Tuesday, November 1st at 5.30 p.m. at the Wild Theater. Immediately following presentations, you'll get to eat, drink, and gab with the finalists until winners are announced. And of course, there will be an audience choice award determined 100% by you. Admission is free and pitch night will be live streamed on SheridanMedia.com. Sheridan College Alumni Network presents Resilient Leadership, a Leadership Impact Luncheon on Wednesday, October 26th from noon until 1. The featured speaker will be Jen Krause, the Sheridan College Vice President of Student Affairs and Executive Director of Sheridan College Foundation. The Resilient Leadership Luncheon is just $20 per person or $10 for Sheridan College alumni. To register, please visit SheridanCollegeFoundation.org or call 675-0700. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. For 10 years, my next guest has made it her life's work to combat sex trafficking and the exploitation of victims and children. Along with Alexandria Johnson, she founded Uprising, a 501c3 that brings awareness, education, and outreach to the issues of human trafficking here in Wyoming. Welcome back to the show, the Executive Director of Uprising, Terry Markham. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Now, uh, are you ready for winter? I kind of am. I'm ready for cool weather. Yeah, yeah. How's your fall been so far? It's been wonderful. Now that it feels like fall, it's great. Now that, yeah, right? Now that we're out of the 80s. Yes, exactly. Uh, I do have to say, though, you know, one thing that I don't appreciate, the only thing that worries me about about the coming winters like that constant driving you know it always concerns me not just me but people on the road every year you know car accidents and it's just it's just rough to see but uh now remind us of what uprising is and how you work to bring awareness to human trafficking right here in wyoming because i'm sure a lot of people out there are, are, are listening going, well, we don't have a problem here. We have a problem here, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah, so Uprising, we are a nonprofit that was founded here in Sheridan in 2019. We serve regionally now, and we sort of have three main components. The first one is education for professionals because we want to train professionals across the state to be able to understand what trafficking is and how to identify it and how to react to it in whatever capacity is is best for that individual. Um, the second thing that we do is public awareness. So lots of community events and just bringing this information to the public so that they can stay better, better educated and look out for things in their own community and look out for their neighbors. And then the third thing, which is probably the most important to us, is prevention education, specifically with youth. So going into schools, doing events for youth, just um, getting out there and empowering youth with knowledge so that they can better stay protected against ever having to experience any kind of exploitation to begin with. And that's the thing, you know, it always worries me. And, you know, until my daughter was in high school, I didn't even realize 
what a massive issue this is. Um, and, and luckily we made it through, you know, fairly well. Um, but, but individuals like with video game systems targeting young boys, uh, girls being targeted through their phones, like this is happening. And, and sometimes it's right underneath the nose of parents, right? Like it, we might not even know what's taking place. So educating our youth about these predators, essentially. Uh, 100%. I always tell parents the predators are in our homes now because they are just on the other side of the screens that all of our youth have. And we can no longer put those conversations off until kids are older. We need to start having them more often and younger and younger because the access to technology has just changed a lot in the past several years. And so we have to give them a little bit more information so that they can um, better protect themselves too. Because even if you're a parent who doesn't let your kid have a phone or whatever, I guarantee they still have access through their friends, through school, things like that. <sighs> One more thing for, for parents to have to worry about uh, <laughs> all the time. Unfortunately, um, You know, you work really closely with with law enforcement uh you provide a lot of great training for them uh how else do you work with law enforcement and in in what other capacities yeah so working with law enforcement has actually be, become one of the biggest parts of my job we've done a tremendous amount of law enforcement training in the three years that we've been a nonprofit. in fact even before we were officially uprising we were already working with and training um law enforcement, but the, those relationships have just grown and grown. We have some amazing collaborations with different law enforcement agencies around the state. One of my favorite ones is actually Sweetwater County Sheriff's Office. Um, we've been able to do a tremendous amount of work in Sweetwater County because of that partnership, um, and they initiate a lot of that. They keep bringing us back to help train their community and to collaborate with us. Um, we also have amazing partnerships with our Department of Criminal Investigation, specifically what's called our ICAC team, which is Internet Crimes Against Children, because we are so much in the prevention space. I like to say we're upstream of the issue. ICAC is downstream of the issue. They're working with actually rescuing these kids who are being targeted. They're arresting these predators who are targeting them. So we've actually co-collaborated and created some resources together We've created presentations together, and now the ICAC commander and myself um, travel around the state and do training together because we find that it's really effective to show people the problem, which he can really speak to, and then for, for us to come in and give them some prevention solutions and, again, empower those parents, empower those youth. Um, on top of that, you know, I get to do really cool things like sting operations with law enforcement and interview sex buyers that they arrest and it's the, it's probably the most exciting part of my job for sure during the course of those interviews what is the most fascinating thing that you've learned and maybe fascinating is the wrong word no i think that's a good word actually yeah it's it's very fascinating to me um i think the most surprising thing is the amount of empathy that I feel because here's this person who's contributing to this huge problem that I spend my life working on. But at the end of the day, it's another human sitting in front of me and there's a lot of 
different things that have brought that person to where they're at as well. And the one thing that I know to be true about sex buyers is across the board, 100% of them um, suffer with uh, horrible pornography and sex addictions. And so as someone who does prevention education, especially with youth, I like getting the chance to talk to these buyers because at the end of the day, we wouldn't have a we wouldn't have sex trafficking if we didn't have people who wanted to purchase sex. People who want to purchase sex, why do they want to do that? That's the prevention that I need to get in front of. And by and large, I see that it points back to pornography as a root cause. So we need to be educating our kids about the harms of pornography so that they don't end up in those cycles and eventually become those people one day. So I'm not just trying to prevent new victims. I'm also trying to prevent new buyers, new predators as well. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. Like you said, there wouldn't be a market at all if there wasn't a buyer in the first place. So if we can figure this out and maybe start prevention programs around that idea, uh, maybe, like you said, you can get way upstream of this issue. When it comes to like pornography and things like that, um, with the access to it uh, through phones, through computers, you know kids are, are changing it in schools. And this this is a lot more than just, and I'm not excusing this behavior, but like when I was a kid, you know, it was passing the magazine around yeah. among friends, right? Well, okay, now it goes to this person, that person. It's a lot more than that nowadays. Yeah, it's it? gotten so dangerous. It's just this horribly violent, unrealistic picture of sex that kids are getting whenever they Google something. Um, it's very highly addictive. It's very unsafe. There's a lot of research out there about the um, mental damages that porn causes, the physical damages, the relational damages that it can have effects on the rest of their life if they get really immersed in that. And like anything else that you're addicted to, the more you're using that, the harder and harder stuff you need to get the same high. And that's where we get people who are getting into really weird things. Um, You know, that's probably where, you know, when we're arresting the person who's now gotten into looking at images of children and stuff, it probably didn't start with that. It's a process that takes them there through their addiction. So I think it's important to get in front of it. And it can be hard because, you know, when you tell people you want to go talk to kids about pornography, they're like, oh, no, no, we don't want to do that. But it's, it's kind of like when we were telling People years back, we want to go in and talk about drugs to kids. Like we're we're not introducing it to them. The statistics are half of youth, half of teenagers are already watching it. So they just don't know the harms of it. They don't know it's victims that are in that. They need to be educated mm-hmm. on the risks that they're actually taking. Absolutely. Because uh, it, it, to them, they might just, oh, well, I just watched a video. It's no big deal. But that's got potential to spiral completely out of control and take over your life. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. This is something you can become addicted to just like a drug. It still releases the dopamine in the brain yep. that everyone's feeding on. Uh, no matter what your addiction is, that's what we're looking for. Yep, 100%. Now, speaking of awareness, something that you brought to my attention And one reason why I wanted to get you back on this show is to talk about something that's happening right here in our state uh, and and fairly close to home. Illicit massage parlor trafficking. What is this? 
So really what it is is when you have massage parlors that are offering services beyond what a massage parlor should. So basically they're offering sex acts out of those massage parlors, and it absolutely is here. We have it in a lot of communities across Wyoming, and um, it's, it's nationwide. We have these, we call them IMBs, illicit massage businesses. We have IMBs across the U.S., but we are seeing a lot of them in our area. Um, as a matter of fact, some investigations have shown that some of them are moving here, and I think a big reason for that is we don't really have a lot of regulation on our massage industry, um, so they can come here and they can operate and start up a business right away without jumping through any hoops or anything or have, having to worry about people coming up and checking on their business to make sure it's legit. What do these places look like? I hate to stereotype anything, um, but uh, there there is a very particular look to these uh, steps that uh, the owners take to ensure that they're going to keep your nose out of my business, right? Yep, absolutely. So there really is, um, a, there really is an mo for an illicit massage business. By and large, illicit massage businesses are typically um, run by foreign nationals, or there's at least foreign nationals who are working in them, usually of Asian descent. They actually all come into the U.S. through one main entry point that we know about, and then there's like a Craigslist type of thing. Uh, program, so to speak, where a lot of these um, individuals and victims are on that and they get dispatched out across the country to these IMBs. And what they typically look like are your Asian massage parlors. You can usually tell if it might be an IMB because some of the indicators are um, you can't see into the windows. They usually have stuff covering the windows. Um, a lot of times there might be cameras outside. Sometimes there's even um ATMs right inside. And uh, if you especially are a woman and you go into one of these places to get a massage, you're probably going to get one of the worst massages of your life because you're not their clientele and they don't want you to come back. And so those are a few of the things that we know about IMBs, but they're definitely in our communities. Um, I see them all the time. And I know working with a lot of law enforcement, I know law enforcement who are have active cases um, that they're building against IMBs and communities around Wyoming. Um, and for me, I also know there's a website. This is really almost disgusting, but there's actually a website where people who frequent these businesses um, can pay for a subscription and then they can leave reviews of their acts that they got performed on them at these IMBs. And so I check that from time to time to keep up and see where we have active ones. And I know we have uh, an active one here in our community in Sheridan. We have active ones in Sweetwater County, Natrona County, Albany County, or not not Albany, Laramie County, excuse me. Um, so we have, we have them all across. And, and it's just, it's just amazing to me. And it, the human trafficking part of this is these young ladies are told you're going to go to the United States and you're going to work in a massage parlor. It's And, and it's probably Sometimes, presented pretty in, innocently, right? I, exactly. Sometimes they're told they're going to work in a massage parlor or, or a spa. Sometimes they're just told that they're going to come here and they're going to have a legitimate job. But what happens is when they get here, all their documents are withheld from them. Um, and then they get sent to work in one of these massage parlors where they're forced to perform sex acts. And they really have no choice. They can't leave it. They 
There's a lot of cultural and language barriers that prevent them from leaving. They're taught to fear the police and told they're going to get deported if they report. And at the end of the day, they there's a misconception that they make no money. They do make a little bit of money. And what little bit they make, they're sending home to their families and their home countries to help support them. And at the end of the day, the poverty that they're coming from is so great that just having that little bit, they don't want to risk cutting that off to their families. They don't realize that there's actually protections in place where they could get help and get a legitimate job and have a legitimate path to a working visa here. So it absolutely, they are victims. We also know there's been surveillance done in IMBs. Um, and when people think they have the right to purchase a sex act from you, there's not much else they won't do. So we also know that the victims in these massage parlors are often um, subjected to really horrible physical violence and forced rape as well. My God. And this is going on right here in our state. I've only got two minutes left, but tell me how I can help as a citizen. Well, I think the big thing is just understanding. There's a big stereotype around these businesses. Oftentimes people know that they're in their community, but they think "Eh, it's just consenting adults. What's the harm? The harm is those are actually victims in there. And then we talked about the sex buyers and that addiction cycle. That's feeding into that. If we give people who are on that addiction cycle a way to feed that addiction further, what's the next step when that's not enough for them? So we want to get these things nipped in the bud in our communities because we don't want to be feeding into the demand for commercial sex. And then we don't want to be having these victims in our communities. And it's really hard to help these victims. I will say that it's pretty rare. Usually, even if law enforcement does bust one of these, usually they're just going to fly back to home base in New York and then get dispatched out somewhere else. But, go to another location. Yeah. But every step, you know, it's just steps in the right direction. So the big thing that we need, our state is actually looking at some legislation right now to make what they call manual stimulation a um, a sex act so that law enforcement has more ground to go in and start investigating these businesses. So supporting that legislation at a state level um, and educating yourself about it. And then we have a lot of cities who are trying to pass ordinances right now. Um, Rock Springs and Green River are two of them that I know are in the process of having workshops and reading ordinances to combat this. Terry, thank you so much for coming in and bringing this to our attention. Uh, Folks, if you want to help, support that legislation. Maybe talk to your city council members. Ask them if there's something that they could do at that level. We need to help these victims and ultimately maybe even help some of these buyers. Terry, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM, Sheridan. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, Visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. 
Wow, isn't it beautiful? How can you not love this time of year? Yes, fall is here. Kids are back in school. Sports are underway. The mornings and evenings are cool, and the leaves are starting to change in all those beautiful colors. You know what else is great about fall? It's an awesome time to buy or sell real estate. Hi, this is Jill Bates. So if you're thinking about listing your home or looking to buy, give us a call. The best team works hard for you in all the seasons. Call us today at 675-BEST. That's 675-BEST. Or find us online at bestwy.net. Make it a great day. Let's talk about tires. Think about the snowy, icy roads ahead. And now think about your current worn-out tires. How safe does that make you feel? Well, lucky for you, Midas Tire and Auto has their best tire sale all year going on now. Buy three tires, get one free. That's 25% off. And the best part is if you aren't ready to put your tires on right now, Midas will hold them until you're ready. How great is that? Don't miss the big tire sale going on now. Midas Tire and Auto on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Louisa, Darwin, Marissa, Megan, Elena, Izzy, and Zach. These are your 2022 Sheridan Startup Challenge finalists vying for a share of $100,000 to launch their idea. Jessica here from Impact 307 inviting you to the Wild Theater on Tuesday, November 1st at 5.30 p.m. for pitch night. After presentations, eat, drink, and chat with the talent until the winners are announced. It's free, open to the public, and will be live streamed on SheridanMedia.com. See you November 1st, 5.30 p.m. at the Wild Theater. Cats, dogs, maybe even your chicken. <laughs> Once again, it's time for the Petaween photo contest on SheridanMedia.com. Spooky, <laughs> cute, or maybe just plain wacky. Take a photo and post the photo for a chance to win one of three amazing prizes. There will be three winners. Enter your pet into the Petaween photo contest now through October 31st at sharedamedia.com. Once voting opens, don't forget to share your cute or spooky critter on your social profiles as the winner is chosen by most votes. Thanks to our sponsors, Shipton's Big R, McGraw's Paws, Mandy Koltiska with Century 21, BHJ Realty, and Camco Federal Credit Union. So who's gonna win this Petoween? Will it be your pet? From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B.